girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, I am so freaking pumped that you're here for today's episode because we have on the show, I'm going to just say it, he's literally one of my favorite guests ever. This is his third time on Empower Her because every single time I talk with him, I just have so much fun. I get so many good, like juicy nuggets. He's full of one-liners and he's so tactical, but in such a high vibe way. And so many of you, maybe you, you've heard him on the show. And you vibe with him. You just do. His name is John Acuff, if you're not familiar. He is a New York Times bestselling author of eight books. His most recent book that he was on the show talking about was called Soundtracks, but he just came out with a new book called All It Takes is a Goal. And we dig into the concepts in this book. And what I love so much about John is he talks about goal setting in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming. And he infuses humor and analogies and storytelling into everything that he does. So it's just really fun to listen to him talk and honestly to read his books because he's such a talented writer. And what's so cool about this episode is you'll see that we have a really good banter. So we talk about a lot of different topics like handling regret and trusting the timeline of your life. Like it's never too late to start. And we also really dig into joy and how it's actually a lot more important to navigate how to develop more joy in your life than discipline if you're wanting to achieve a goal. And if you're wanting to hold yourself accountable to making the big dreams that you have on your heart a reality. And we also touch on burnout, which I think is a really important topic when we live in this like instant gratification, Amazon Prime, hustle, 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 do more culture. So you are going to love this. And I would love to know what you think of this episode too. So if you tag me at Keisha Get Mary and John on Instagram, then I'm going to give away a few copies of his book just because I know it's going to be so game changer for you. And I'm just so excited that you're here. So without further ado, let's dive right in. John, I am so excited to have you back on the show. I mean, I told you this right before we started recording, but my husband is also very excited because as we're moving into this new season of Mm -hmm. being parents, he's like, John has the best dad jokes. Like you're always so fun to talk to you, but you also just drop a lot of fire. So thank you for coming back. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this. This is one I always look forward to. Yeah. So we have a lot of things we need to cover and just get straight into the juice. Mm -hmm. So you wrote a new book. And anytime mm-hmm. that you write a new book, I'm like, okay, he has to come on the show. We need to talk about everything that you learned because writing a book is a lot of effort. So obviously, if you're going to put in the effort mm-hmm. to write a book, you're like, this needs to get put out into the world. So tell us like the overarching premise of your sure. new book and why you even thought that this was important to write in the first place. Yeah. So all the books I write start with a challenge in my own life that I want to deal with. And then... I spend time working on it. And then I decide, do other people need it too? Like, is it just a me challenge or is it a we challenge? And so what happened was, um, we we were talking about this before uh, we started the podcast. The season of life we're in, we were taking our oldest daughter to tour college. And it was the college I went to, the college my wife went to. And my wife said during the tour, wasn't college the best? Like, wasn't it amazing? And I was having the opposite experience. Like, I said, no, it was a train wreck. Like, I was looking back and going, 
freshman year got rejected from every fraternity because I came from Massachusetts down to a school in Alabama and the culture shock, like all my insecurity came out as arrogance and Boston, like goodwill huntingness. Ah, okay. And so like got rejected from every frat, terrible grades, ups and downs. And so I was feeling like, wow, what a wasted four years. And when we drove back to wow. Nashville that day, I had all this regret, but I had just written the book soundtracks about mindset. So I knew I get to choose my mindset. So I said, right. okay, I know sitting in that regret, sitting in that kind of bitterness to myself isn't helpful. What can I do instead? And I started to say, okay, what could I live going forward? Those are four years. I might live 40 more, 50 more. I've got so much runway. How do I tap into my potential? And then when I started to work on that, that's when I asked other people if they feel like they're living up to their full potential. So we did this study. There's a PhD in town. Um, He's a professor here in Nashville named Mike Peasley. And we asked 3,000 people if they're living up to their potential and 96% said no. And the crazy thing is 50% of them said 50% of themselves were untapped. So the metaphor that started to drive me was that's like only opening half your Christmas presents every year. Like a lot of (laughs) the women, you, you help women with that. Like it's like they came downstairs on Christmas morning and there's a huge pile and they only open half and they have friends and family and often, you know, coworkers even going, Hey, those are your presents too. You should open them. And they only open half. So once I had, my own challenge to kind of work through and, and feel like, man, if I can figure this out, like, wow. And then when I saw the need and was like, okay, there's a lot of people that would be helped by this. That's when I'll go, I'll spend two years, three years, five years. I'll spend two years writing it, but I'll spend hopefully 50 years talking about it. And so yeah. that's kind of how it came about. Yeah. So do you feel like there were like specific things that right away came to the forefront of your mind that is the reason why people aren't yeah. tapping into their yeah. own potential? Like what, like, was it like hitting you in the face, like, like a two by four of like, Oh, this is what I need to talk about first. Or like what came up, I guess. Well, there were some, I mean, because I've been teaching people about goals for so long, like I knew some of the things. So yeah. like this author, Gay Hendricks says, um, I get the, I get to keep the limitations I fight for. So when somebody tells you you could do something and you then list the limitations why you can't, you get to keep those like, yeah. and, and you don't get to grow. So like, I knew that it, it's common things like, where would I even start? Or I have to know how it's all going to go before I do it. So that you know, one of the big issues, is what I call the vision wall, where you sit down and you go, until I have my entire vision mapped out, I can't take the first step, which is crazy. And in entrepreneurship, we do that where we say, you got to know your micro niche before you begin. And it took me 10 years to figure out goals or what I'm obsessed with and what I want to do. Like you're doing real estate stuff. You didn't say 15 years ago, like when your husband went to dental school, he didn't go. And I bet this, this awesome girl I'm going to love is going (laughs) to do this thing. Like he didn't do that. But sometimes we think we have to know that before we start. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's family of origin stuff. Like you grew up in a family where success was a, a negative and yeah. people, you know, your mom or dad said must be nice or to get ahead in this mm-hmm. world, you have to hurt people. You have to cheat. Like, so there can be a million different reasons that people don't actually tap into it. And then some of it is just how we talk about it. It's such a fuzzy concept. Like if you say to somebody, what is potential? They can't even define it. Never mind. Tap into it. So I think it's a whole host of reasons that get people kind of stuck. Yeah. Where do you think like the confidence element comes in? Because I think there's a lot of women in this community and honestly, myself included at different seasons of life where like you say something and then that second like narrative or even like, I guess to use your words and like your second or the book that we talked about last time you were on the show of soundtracks where like that dialogue comes up where it's like, but oh, not just, I don't know how, but like, I don't believe in my ability to figure things out. Like, I don't believe that I'm going to be resourceful enough or like, like how do we 
build up confidence while we are shooting for goals that we know are like a big stretch far away. That's like having to pull us to that next level, because yeah. sometimes it's fun to like mm-hmm. call your shot on something. You're like, I kind of feel like I'm going to pee my pants because this is such a yeah. big goal. Yeah. And then sometimes this voice comes in. That's like, like, why the hell are you even saying that? You know? Yeah. So yeah. how do we navigate that part? <laughs> well, so part of what happens um, is with most people, the way they approach a goal is like this. Imagine a ladder. It's a 12 foot tall ladder and it's only got two rungs. It's got, I'm going to start and then the I'm calling my, sh- here's the big yeah. thing. I'm going to run a marathon, make a million dollars, do a podcast, whatever. And yeah. then if I said to you, Hey, here's a ladder. You have to get to the top. You would go, I can't jump 12 feet high, which is two feet higher than a basketball rim and grab yeah. it and pull myself up. My approach is always, what if we had a ladder that had rungs every six inches? Like, could you mm-hmm. climb that ladder? Like, could we figure that out? Like, it'd yeah. be a really easy ladder. And by the time you got to the middle, you'd go, wow, I'm really close to the top. This isn't impossible. So often it's about figuring out, okay, how do I, how do I close the gap between these two big things? Here's where I am today. Here's this crazy thing I want to do. And then how do I build some small steps along the way? And then the other thing is like, one is expecting the insecurity to come. So like, mm-hmm. I'll give you one. So just the other day, I caught myself. Part of growing is having self-awareness and self-awareness often is overhearing yourself. So if you want an yeah. easy way to practice self-awareness, listen to the words you're telling other people. So I caught myself the other day saying to somebody, I've plateaued in my speaking fee because I'm not a celebrity. And what I meant by that was that if you won the Super Bowl, you can charge 10 times what I charge, yeah. do a Q&A, tell some stories about throwing touchdowns, and then that's your keynote. And so I heard myself say that, and then I asked the three questions. I always ask big, broken soundtracks, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? Is it true? Mm-hmm. It's a little true. It's, it's on, there's some math there. Yeah. It's a little true. But yeah. is it helpful? It's not. Because what it's telling me is, go ahead and stop. Go ahead and give up. Don't you've, you've reached, you know, you're 47. It's time to just go ahead and like, and is it kind? Of course not. I'd never say that to a friend. So in that moment, I do the exercise of trying to flip it. So I'm like, how can I flip that? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to make my content, my performance and my customer service so good. I get around the celebrity Mm. wall. I get around the celebrity lid. Like I'm going to, okay. Like I see the score. Like now that's not instant and that's taking me time. So the thing I'd say to any woman that would say, you know what, John, anytime I dream, I come up with these 10 reasons I can't do it is give yourself lots of grace. Give yourself lots of time. Um, It's kind of crazy. Like with some goals, we think they should happen quickly, but with others, we know they'll take time. So no one would ever go, I'm going to learn Italian this week. Italian. I'm learning <laughs> right. Italian. Like you would go, that's not how Italian works. Like right. it's going to take you time. But we do that with so many other goals where we go, I'm going to lose weight this week. I'm going to start a business this week. I'm going to, and we have all these things that if we really looked at it, we would go, no, I'm going to give myself some time and I'm going to yeah. be patient with myself and I'm going to be patient with the results and I'm going to expect some negative thoughts. And when they happen, I'm going to note them. I'm not going to let them just play on repeat without me going, hold on a second. Like, yes. hold on a second. And and then the other thing is that you have to know practice. Um, like, it takes practice to be positive. It takes practice. Like, the phrase I I'd, I'd tell every woman they should write down is like, fear comes free, hope takes work. Fear comes free, Ooh, hope takes work. Fear, you'll never have to go look for doubt. You'll never have to go look for insecurity. It will find you in the grocery store. Like, unrelated. <laughs> But hope takes work. I'm a naturally negative person. Like by nature, I'm pessimistic. I'm cynical. I'm jaded. I'm all those things. But I've tested positivity and I've tested negativity. And the ROI of positivity 
is so much better. I feel yeah. better. I do better. I'm kinder. I accomplish more. I make more money. I'm in better shape. So I make positivity a practice. And so what I'd say to every woman that goes, wow, I've got a lot of negativity. I'd say, oh, you have a lot of potential then. Like imagine if you, like if you have a hundred negative thoughts, what happens when you flip those to a hundred positive thoughts? Like, can you imagine that's the so wind? Good, like, John. like what will push behind you? So that's how I, that's, that's how I look at it. And look, wow. Cause I mean, then that Delta is just so much bigger and it's like, we oh, don't yeah. look at it that way with that initial yeah. reaction of like, Oh, I have yeah. so far to come, but it's like, Oh, but if you get to hear, like, look at how much yeah. growth yeah, it and just progress gets, you've It just made. gets more and more enjoyable. Like it just gets right. more like... Somebody, so one of the concepts I talk about in the book is this concept of guaranteed goals. And people are like, well, how can you talk about guaranteed goals? And I said, I couldn't have in book number one because I didn't know. In book number nine, it's not an accident I write books. I've got goal systems that work. Like that's a guarantee. Like I, the week this book came out, I turned in my 10th book. Like that wasn't magic. That was me going, now nah, this is like so I feel more than confident going hey here's here's you know the system cuz I know and then I've taught thousands of people it and then the other thing is that you just end up enjoying it and I don't think we make yeah. a, a big enough deal of desire and joy so like I tell people all the time I didn't start getting up earlier out of discipline willpower persistence grit so right now if you're like but I'm not brave I don't have discipline I'm like me either the reason I started getting up earlier in Atlanta when I had two kids under the age of four and a beautiful wife and an Atlanta commute and a day job and all the stuff was that I stumbled on blogging and I found this small thing I enjoyed. And I was yep. like, man, I want to throw more hours at that. So then what happens is you start to look at your hours like logs and you want to throw more logs in the fire. Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden, then you go, I'm getting up early. Not because I'm disciplined because more joy. Then you go like, then you stop watching as much TV, not because you're disciplined because I could be doing this thing more. So like my goal for every woman listening is I want you to have something you're so passionate about. It makes Netflix boring. Like I want you to have something you are so into. You're like, nah, Netflix is kind of boring. Like that's where you go. Oh, and then all of a sudden so much of this gets so much easier because of that flip. Mm-hmm. And I love even you just giving those examples too, because it's so interesting how much grace we're willing to give to other people. Like even just me going into the season of becoming a mom and a lot of women in my community yeah. that are new moms, where it's like, I'm not going to expect that our son is going to walk when he comes out of the world. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, You're not like, going to tell your husband, like he's three he weeks sucks. old and he barely knows math. <laughs> yeah. He's terrible right. at math. Right. It's just like, but we, but we're willing to give grace to other people, but we're not mm-hmm. willing to give it to ourselves. And how often we write off passion or joy as like, especially people that, you know, like women that are really in their masculine right now, where they're trying to build mm-hmm. a business that feels like they're sure. like grinding, they're pushing a monster mm-hmm. truck tire up a hill. And like, they're telling themselves this story that this is going to resonate with someone really big that like, they're telling themselves this story that like doing things just because they light you the hell up, like that's not enough of ROI. Yeah. But yeah. to your point, yeah. you're like it's the compass. So like it directs you in the right direction yeah. when you're working in a corporate job and you've got two kids and they're at home and like you're doing all of these things, but you catch yourself feeling this pull towards blogging, a prior version of John at that stage could have Mm. never said that would turn into you writing 10 books and getting paid, you know, a crap ton to keynote speak and getting to do all these cool things you get to do. Mm. It's like, why do we get so caught up in like the, the distance, right? Like, so it's like Mm. someone listening into this, that is a big dreamer that can, maybe she can even cast her big vision, but she just like feels like paralyzed at that beginning stage. Like, 
what would you even say to her? Because she's like, oh, yeah. yeah, but that person can do it. Or like a good for John, he can go do these amazing keynotes. Like he, this stuff just like flies out of him. Like he's like yeah. a rapper, like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, yeah, no. So I would say a million things because I love encouraging that situation. Yeah. Um, but I would say if somebody told me at the beginning, so I, I got to speak at this event called Global Leadership Summit in Chicago, and it's one of the bigger events I've ever spoken to. It's yeah. a great opportunity. It took me probably 12 years to get on that stage. If somebody yes. told me at the beginning, it'll take you 12 years, that would have demoralized me. It would have crushed me. It would have been so depressing. So I, but nobody told me that. So I didn't have a 12 year plan and yes. oh, it took 12 years. I just kept like climbing the ladder rung by rung, joy by joy, challenge yes. by challenge. Like there's challenges on, obviously. And, I just, and then I look up and, and all of a sudden global leadership, someone's like, Hey, like we read one of your books nine years ago and the team really liked it. We'd like to, and then the other thing, like I always say when it comes to time, like the, just the other day I was talking to a YouTuber and his goal was to hit a million subscribers at the end of the year. And in the middle of the year, he realized they're not, they're probably not going to hit it. And here's what I told him. I said, if it takes you three extra months, I need you to think of those three sweet months. Like if the goal was three months sweeter, like it wasn't three months mm -hmm. failed. It was like three months sweeter that like the thing I t thought would take X amount of time took three months more. And man. Like it ripened even more. Like when we got that plaque, when like when we got that plaque on our wall, like it was sweeter that it took longer. It wasn't a failure that it took longer. And oh, so that's where I'm yes. like, if I can look at stuff that way, and then like if I can just spend time doing the things that I know are moving me up the ladder. So like figuring yep. those out and then going, okay, I'm the CEO of my actions, not the CEO of my outcomes. Like I'm really not. Yeah. Like I like I don't I know I control a certain amount of books being sold. I don't control it being a runaway hit. I really don't. Yeah. I wish I did. Like if I did, I would sell that. I would tell you how to do it. <laughs> I control a certain amount, but if it mm -hmm. catches a wave, I'll love that. I'm going to ride that. If it doesn't catch a, catch a wave, guess what I'm doing? I'm writing another book. Like, and I'm going to write another mm -hmm. book. And I'm going to write another book because that's where like the joy becomes unstoppable. And then you get all these rewards with it. And you're like, I loved enjoying it. Like this is fun anyway, yes. plus this other stuff. And then it just becomes this kind of, that to me is what momentum's like that, you know, that's, that's where I, it starts to, to build up. Um, but I would just say the other, like, as far as pushing it, you know, if you enjoy it, it doesn't, it doesn't really apply to you or like you shouldn't like it. Here's what I, I would love every woman to not say, um, that doesn't count. That doesn't mm -hmm. count because what happens is they have some joy about something. They go, Oh, well that doesn't count. Or they go like, they yeah. get a, they get a win and they go, well, that doesn't really count. That's not the one I wanted. Um, you see this with exercise goals. When I meet somebody who hates the exercise they're doing, I'll go, well, if you hate running, don't do it. And they'll go, well, I really like dancing, but that doesn't count. And I go, no, that, that counts. Like yes. that counts. So give yourself lots of grace to go. This counts. This counts. If I'm moving my goal forward a little bit, like here's the other thing I'd say, let's just take writing a book as a goal. Cause a lot of women have that goal. Right. If I only had the first rung, start a book and the last rung, finish the book. I feel like a failure every day of the year, every day that yeah, I don't finish the book, point. I feel like a failure. So at the end of the day, didn't finish the book, didn't finish the book. But instead, mm. if I have 365 little ladder rungs and one day it says write 300 words and one day it says be on a podcast and one day it says figure out the subtitle every day I get to climb the ladder and at the end of the year I have a whole book and that feels satisfying and real so to me. good and so I, I really work hard at thinking about my goals that way versus yeah. a lot of the ways we're taught or a lot of old broken you know shames I have about achieving things and so I really have to be deliberate about it 
It's so good. It's such a good perspective. And it's interesting because I've been talking a lot about on the podcast of how, you know, we live in this instant gratification, Amazon Prime culture where like we're socialized to believe that if we get something more quickly, that it's more desirable or we're like more worthy or whatever. But it's interesting. You've been talking about like, for say, like this global summit, like speaking at this stage and that if someone would have told you at the beginning, it would have taken you 12 years. But the interesting part, and I'd love just to hear your take on this is like, we forget that that time that it takes for us to get from where we are now to where we want to go is like this qualification period (laughs) where you learn all of the things you actually need to learn. Because if day one, or like picture this scenario, it's you and your two kids that are under four and you're working a full-time corporate job. They're like, Hey John, we just met you on the street, but we think you'd crush it on this global summit stage. And they just like plopped you there in front of thousands of thousands of people, the biggest stage you've been on. Like what would have happened? Like your I would have had a panic career. attack. I would have had a panic attack. That's what would have happened. I would have like yeah. lost feeling in my legs and had a panic attack. Like no way. Like yeah. No way. And then you probably would have told yourself the story. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. And then how many people wouldn't have been impacted yeah. from all of the keynotes that you've done, all the books that you've written? So yeah. can you speak to like the the skill set that's like because obviously this is like your book is very tactical. This particular book that you're mm-hmm. putting out too of like how to actually like get yourself there from a tactical perspective, but like the necessity of those steps to actually build up the confidence so that when you get where you want to go, it doesn't all spontaneously combust. Yeah. So I know, I'll tell you, you know, my version of that is I know we're a $10 million business, but we don't have $10 million structure and systems yet. So we have Mm. to build those. Yes. If we got $10 million worth of of revenue tomorrow, it would collapse us. Like it just would. So do I want a $10 million? Of course I do. Like, I'm yep. not saying like, I want that. Of course I do, but I don't have the systems in place. So I'm like, okay, how do I build those? How do I build mm-hmm. some structures? How do I get excellent? Like, how do yeah. I get excellent? What are those things I can do today? Like in the, in the little circle I have to be excellent with what I have versus so going, good. somebody else has this other thing. I wish I had this bigger thing, but like, what are the things that I can do within my circle of influence to be excellent. Um, and, and you and I talked about that a little before we got on about like the fuel that'll keep people going. Yes. So like, that's one of the things in the book I talk about, there's a, there's a couple chapters about fuel because for me, I realized I was running on crisis fuel and it was going to burn me out. Mm. So I was running on escape from the past, fix something broken, like stress, anxiety. I was a chaos machine and that got me somewhere. It did. Yes. But the metaphor I use is that's like when they launch a rocket, when NASA launches a rocket, they use rocket fuel to get out of the atmosphere. But once they're out of the atmosphere, rocket fuel only ha- can do one thing, go crazy. So they have to drop mm. it. They drop it completely and use a different form of fuel that they can maneuver with. They can. So like I see so many entrepreneurs that yes. never change their fuel and that's where burnout happens, where you meet a 70-year-old who still acts like they're 22 and they're being yeah. slighted and they're mad and they're angry and they're blind to everything they accomplished. They don't get to mm-hmm. enjoy a single thing they accomplished because they're blind to it. They can only see, or they're like, they're trying to prove their, their, their to their dad that they can run a good business. Dad's been dead 20 years. Like there's yeah. no proving to dad. And they're like, no, I just got to like, and like, that's where I go. No. So like, Part of it is going, what's a sustainable fuel? Like joy is a sustainable fuel. It, yeah. it is. Um, craft, getting better at your craft. Like mm-hmm. there are women on here that would say, 
I tinker on this one part of what I do. I know some people won't even recognize it, but it fills me up. Like it fills Mm -hmm. me up to have this part done in a certain way. Like speeches for me. I work really, you know, we joke about humor. I work really hard at like, okay, well that was the wrong word. That's the, and like somebody might not notice, but that's the craft for me. So the craft of writing better and better books that matters to me. That fuels me. The impact fuels me. My community fuels me. Those are so much better fuels than trying to, you know, achieve a certain amount of money because when you achieve it, like either you have to move the number or you go, wow, I thought I'd feel a certain way and I don't. So Mm -hmm. maybe something's wrong with me, but it's like, you know, being popular, being famous, all those things. I think those are amazing consequences of pursuing your purpose. I don't think they're good causes to pursue your purpose. Yeah. Like I have like, go for it. Like if you get famous as a consequence, cause you are really good at what you do. Awesome. Like that's fantastic. But yeah. if you said to me, I want to do this so that I'll get famous then I'll go, uh, I don't, like, I don't know if that's going to be sustainable. Like, I don't know that that, that might empty you versus fill you. Like, and yeah. I'm, I'm looking for a fuel that at the end of the experience, I'm fuller. I'm pouring out more of myself to more people versus I'm hollowed out. And I, you know, and the joke I sometimes do, cause I'll ask audiences this, I'll say, have you ever worked with a leader who's really good at putting out fires? And they'll go, oh yeah, yeah. And I'll go, okay. What happens when there's not a fire? When there's not a fire, the leader yeah. feels worthless and leaders don't like feeling worthless. So what they do is they start a fire. And now you don't work with a leader, you work with an arsonist. And that, yeah. like, and everybody in the audience goes, oh, I have a friend who is a chaos machine. Yes. And they make life as hard as it can possibly be. And we kind of tell them like, hey, it doesn't have to be. And you go like, well, what are you, why are you starting all that chaos? Like, what are you really avoiding? Like, what yeah. are you afraid of in the silence? Like, what do you think will show up if it's not that difficult? Or like, what if it were actually easy? Like, if you say that question to people, like on retreats, that's where the room gets real quiet where you go, hey, what if it were easy and that was okay? And people are like, they don't even know know what they would do with that space because it's also, think about how it manifests. I mean, into all these different aspects of your life. It's like, okay, so all of a sudden work is going really great and there's no fires for you to put out or it doesn't feel chaotic and you feel like you've only been able to operate in chaos. We're like, I actually had to work through this because I grew up, with someone who was an addict. So I felt Mm -hmm. like I would, I could perform better when there was like chaos around me where I was like, Oh, look, I'm so self-sufficient. Look, I can go do all of these things, but then you're going to get yourself to a point where you're burning out or you're going to create that chaos because it feels more familiar and you're going to create it in your relationships or you're going to create it in your marriage or whatever. And like when someone is like, how does someone even determine if they're not aware consciously yet, like Mm -hmm. they're hearing this and like, I wonder if like this fuel source is no longer serving me anymore. Like mm-hmm. I, it got me to here. And I think there's like this other part, the two, two questions in this. Yeah. 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 Let's like, go. I get kind of like frustrated sometimes in the entrepreneurial space where people say like, you need to be, especially like this, like feminine flow. Like you need to be in flow. It needs to always mm-hmm. feel easy. And I'm like, well, but like the gritty season where I felt like I had no idea what I was doing, like yeah. taught me and built up this yeah. confidence that I believe in my ability to figure things out now. So I'm like that season served me, although that fuel source wouldn't work yeah. for me now, I do feel like there is a need for it. And sometimes entrepreneurs, especially new ones listening into mm-hmm. this, they tell themselves the story of like, this feels hard. This feels overwhelming. I've got so much doubt, right? But I'm like, oh, so did I. So yeah. did John. So did everyone yeah. when you first start. Like that's a prerequisite. Yeah. But totally. how do we navigate like determining when our fuel source is the wrong fuel source and like yeah, where well, to I go think from part there? of it let I think part of it is how you process it and what you do with it. Mm-hmm. So I th- I'll have releasing a book, I have doubts, I have insecurities. It's not that I've finished those, you know, like I'll still have them. 
It's whether I take them and turn them into a fuel source or whether I acknowledge them and still keep moving. So if I go, say somebody writes a really bad review of my book, like that hurts my feelings. That makes me feel insecure. Like I have all those feelings. But if I then go from here on out, I'm going to prove them wrong. Like the next book is going to be like, and I, am I, I might not say any of that out loud. I might just internalize it, but now it's part of kind of my motivation. And now Mm -hmm. it's, it starts to kind of like taint my motivation. Now it starts to kind of mute, like mutate my motivation versus yeah. I want to write the best books I can to help the most people I can. Like th- that's it. Best books I can to help the most mm-hmm. people I can. Like, and you can tell when an entrepreneur, when a woman, when a man, when they're operating from a fuel source that doesn't fill them up and you're like, oh, okay. They get, there's, there's yeah. a lot of stuff happening, but imagine if, if they had a different fuel source. Now, as far as like finding out your own fuel source, I mean, I, uh, this is just a simple exercise about soundtracks that I come back to again and again and again. Girl, if you are anything like me, you might find out about a company or a product that you love and then you want to tell all of your girlfriends. So I feel really excited when I get to tell you about things that I love. You've probably heard me on the show talk about ClearStem before. This is my favorite skincare line. It's completely non-toxic with no hormone disruptors, which I know a lot of you, maybe you specifically care about. And it's also anti-acne with anti-aging. And I use so many of their products. I literally use their face wash, their scrub. I love their serums. They have one that's called Bounce Back, which is kind of like their Botox serum, but again, without all the crap in it. And their moisturizers. I could literally rave till the end of time. And especially if you just love a good nighttime skincare routine, Hydraberry Moisturizer. You wash your face, put this moisturizer on at night and let it seep into your pores and you wake up and your skin feels like a baby butt. It's so juicy and nice. I love it so much. And what I found has been really difficult for me to find until ClearStem created it was non-toxic sunscreens. And they've got one called Sunnyside that just brushes onto your face, which is also great. You can use it for kids and you can put it on over the top of your makeup. And then they have a really amazing sunscreen that also is non-toxic. That's not a brush on. It's an actual like... um, like like a wet sunscreen, you know what I mean? Anyway, I highly recommend that you check out their line. They're so big on education. They post amazing content on their website. They've got skin quizzes and all sorts of resources to help you get to the root cause of what might be causing some of your skin issues, but they also just have amazing products that can help you with anything that you're working through. So head to clearstemskincare.com. Make sure you use code Kasia, K-A-C-I-A. That'll get you a sweet discount on all of the products, and that's how you help support the show. So let me know if you have any questions. And if you snag something, one of my favorite things is when you slide into my DMs and you're like, Kesh, where has this skincare company been my whole life? I love this product too. Because um, I just love knowing what you're vibing with. Now, without further ado, let's dive back into the show. I'll write down a goal and it can be any goal. I want to start a podcast. I want to write a book. I want to make a million dollars, whatever. And then I'll listen for my first thoughts. I'll mm. listen for my reaction because every reaction is an education. And it's educating you on what you really think about yourself, about the situation. So if my first thoughts are, yeah, you should do that. Like you're ready. Like you've done this for 12 years. Like, let's go. Great. If they're, you're, you know, who are you to think you can do that? You don't have the talent. You don't have the, then I know, okay, wait a second. I'm heading into unhealthy forms of motivation, like versus yeah. positive forms of motivation. And then the other thing is you and I, there's a million things we overlap on. And one of them is community. Like yeah. neither one of us preaches 
you should do it alone. Yeah. One woman wolf pack. Like you can like, <laughs> so then like the stuff you do, like I know when you do a retreat, you fast forward progress and relationships, mm-hmm. a three day retreat. And this, yep. you didn't say, Hey, pitch my retreats. I just know that's how they work. Right. Like, people have fast forwarded experiences because of community. Yep. And another woman can say, Hey, you said this sentence three different ways, three different times. I think you should pause on that for a second. Yeah. I think, you know, and then, and like, it wasn't out of criticism. It wasn't out of meanness. It was out of kindness. And then that other person can go, Oh, wow, you're right. Like, mm-hmm. I think I, I think I might be a little stuck. Like I, I have a friend and we were joking. He was doing some home repairs and he probably makes $3 million a year and he spent a lot of time doing them. And I thought, okay, either one of two things happening. He yeah. didn't pause and go, I make, $5,000 an hour. And I just spent my entire Saturday and I didn't get to see my kids because I was trying yeah. to do something that would have cost $80 for a handyman. Or yeah. I get a ton of joy out of it. Those are two right. completely different things. Totally. So if he knows I, yeah, I deal in the tech world. I never get to see the progress with my hand. So when I do home housework, it fills me up. Awesome. That's one thing. If the other thing is I have to do stuff myself because we're, we could lose all our money tomorrow. Yeah. And I got it like, and he's sitting on $5 million, but he's like, I got to save $82 on a handyman. <laughs> Completely different. So you have to kind of go, there's going to be different situations. And the third thing I'd say, as far as like, you should always be in flow. You should always be this way. I always push back against any, any form of always. Yes. Like any form of always. And so like, there's times when like, you know, I, I would do a lot. I would get up way earlier. Like I'd get up way early. Cause so like in Atlanta, I would get up at 5am because I had all these obligations. Like today I got up at 615. Like I wouldn't yeah. say, man, you failed. You're supposed to always get up at 5am. I'd go, right. oh, I'm in a different season. I'm in a, and women, like, here's something you need to write down. Every woman, listen this, write this down. New seasons deserve new scorecards. New seasons yes. deserve new scorecards. Oh, so what yes. happens is you have two kids, you sometimes go through a divorce, like all these things change and you hold yourself accountable to the old scorecard and you feel yep. like a failure. And I meet women all the time that'll go, yeah, I'm just not hustling my goals hard enough. I'll go, well, tell me about your life. And go, I have two twin two-year-olds and a seven-year-old right? and a nine-year-old. Be like, you got four humans. Like you're I, like, oh my God. And you have a full-time job off and like, give yourself like new scorecard or they'll say- literally. I'm spending 12 hours a week taking care of my dad who has dementia. And I'll go, did you mm-hmm. subtract those 12 hours from your available time? Because I bet you didn't. I bet yeah. you're just holding yourself accountable. And, well, and not even just the 12 hours, but the anxiety that you oh, feel yeah. of like around yeah. all of it. And no, like, it's constant. It's not just the, tr- you're a hundred percent right. It's yeah. not like you go, okay, I left my dad's long-term care facility now to think about <laughs> hustling. Like that's not right. how your body works. You're the only person that can like say stuff like that. That's like, you're just like, you feel two emotions simultaneously and you're like, God, yeah. it's Okay. But I mean, that's a really good point too, because I think there are like, there are these seasons of evolution. And I've been saying to my husband right now, like at the time that we're pregnant, I've been referring to the Britney Spears song, like not a girl, not yet a woman. Like like, I definitely feel different than I did like before we got pregnant, but I also don't have this like child outside of the womb. Right. So it's, so our life is different, but not, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm curious if you can speak to that because the other thing that I love about your story is like, you starting your career like in a quote unquote later age of some of the things that you're doing and how important that is because sometimes we like we identify that we're moving into a new season and then we tell ourselves like oh I'm too late to this or I'm Mm -hmm. too early to this and like 
we don't know how to like handle that in between where we don't have that proof to look back on and see, see last yeah. time I did this, it worked out. Like even for me, like I don't have proof to look back and be like, last time I took a maternity leave, this is how it went. Yeah, and obviously yeah. every pregnancy and baby's different, but like, so I'm in this weird, like in between where you're trusting that next step, but you don't have any proof. Right. And yeah, you're, so, whatever so the with that, is. yeah, here's, here's what I'd say. Like, I, I didn't write my first book until I was 34. Like, and so it's easy for yeah. me to go, man, if I had at 22, 23, 24, I didn't start a business until I was like, I don't know, 37, 38. Yeah. Like, and I would look at other people and go, man, they were entrepreneurs when they were six. They had a paper out. They had like, I'm too late. I'm too late. Yeah. So I feel like I got a late start. And then at 45 was when I was like, I need to, there's other levels. Like I'm not, yes. I'm just getting started. So one of the soundtracks I say constantly is we're just getting started. We're just getting started. We're just mm -hmm. getting started. I said to my team, I said to anybody who listen, and I genuinely believe it where I go, man, there's so much more to do. There's so many. So like, we're just getting started versus I'm late. Like I'm, yeah. late, I'm late, I'm late. So I really try to reframe it. Um, as far as not having proof, I love the simple exercise of like keeping a hard list, like hard things you've done yeah. because everyone has. So even though you haven't had a baby yet, you've done other things that were difficult. Yeah. And what happens is like in stressful times, you forget, it's like you forget all the things you've done before. And your brain yeah. goes, this is the hardest thing we've ever done. We've never done hard things before. This is, and again, I like to, like, I'm a paper guy. I need to be reminded. Like I yep. need visual reminders because I'm going to forget, especially if I'm stressed. So like having 10 things on a piece of paper that says like, oh yeah, like that meeting was really hard and I made it through or that yes. situation was really hard and I made it through. Like, I need to remember that. I need to like, okay, what does that look like? So I, you know, so that's good. an easy exercise to do. And then you're right. Like once you have some proof, you, you start to be able to say, oh no, I've, I've done this before. Yeah. I've done yeah. this. And you know, it starts and that like, let's do a callback. Everything counts. There's another yes. chance for you to say that, that like, cause what's going to happen is you're going to sit down with your piece of paper and go, I really haven't done anything that hard. It all counts. A phrase I say in the book is fire the bouncer, fire the bouncer. Good. Everything gets on this list. Everything. There is no bouncer to this list. Like, and then all of a sudden you'll start to stack it up. And then if you're really brave, you go ask a close friend and go, Hey, I'm trying to, trying to amp myself up. Like I, I tell people all the time, like BYOH, you got to bring your own hype. Like you got to bring your own hype. So like <laughs> yes. I, motivation is flighty and inconsistent. So I yes. work at motivation. So like, I'm like right now I'm really curious and passionate about wisdom. Like I really believe mm. like wisdom is worth more than anything in the world. How do I go get it? So I'm like, I'm finding ways to do that. And so like when I, when I run in the morning, I listen to an audiobook, like a nonfiction positive audiobook, because I can't hope I'm positive all day. I have to go seek it. Like, yep. and, and once I made my goal to find wisdom, I was like, okay, well, how do I find it? Okay, I find it with books. I find it with, and I just made a list, and I have 15 things on the list. And then I started, yeah. and then I started to track the hours. So, like, now, like, I've been carrying around my notebook. I have, like, and if you're watching this on video, you'll see, but if you're not, imagine like, I know these are my wisdom hours for August. Like, wow. I, so like, I'm just writing down check marks. So I know like when I say guaranteed goals, if I spend a hundred hours reading and writing and thinking and being still and, and listening to audiobooks, whatever, at the end of the month, I'll be wiser than I was at the start. Like that's yep. not, again, it's not magic. That's just math. So I'm constantly going and to admit here's something wisdom costs you. It costs you humility. 
It costs you Mm. ego. Before we started this podcast, I asked you for some advice. I said, hey, I'm thinking about trying this thing. I'd love to. It would be easy on my, like, it's very, like, you know how podcasts are sometimes. Like, people get on, they posture, they feel like there's a little bit of, like, chest swelling. Like, you know, like, there's a, like, it's hard sometimes. You've had guests where you can never get behind the person. Like, where they're only, like, they show up like the avatar they are. And you're like, you try to ask them personal questions and they keep bringing it back to, like, the yep. answer that you know they're giving on a thousand other podcasts and you yep. try, but like, it would be easy for me to go, I got to figure it out. I don't need to ask quite like, no, the, I'm having the opposite, yeah. which is, man, I'm going to have access to ask her a question. And she's yeah. really smart and I've seen her do really cool things and she's, yeah. she knows a lot of stuff I don't know. So let me, right. if I'll have the humility to ask that, I'll get to learn. But again, it's that kind of, I'm practicing it. I'm working at it. It's not accidental. Like, how do I, how do I get better? It's a good reminder. Like, it's like, and every single person that you meet knows something that you don't, right? It's like that whole just like reminder of like, if we can be in this curious lens and like when you're seeking wisdom, it's like, you're then also allowing yourself to be wrong. And as long as you don't create a meaning that that means something's wrong with you, it's like, no, you're just, you're open, you're flexible, you're curious, you're resourceful. Like, I don't know. I just think it's a lot of a late, I think it's the combination of like the label thing and like the soundtrack, you know, aspect that you talk about, but also really that scorecard thing is just a really huge proponent of that. Well, that's what I showed you. I showed you a wisdom scorecard. I didn't. So like, that's the other thing is You know, the title of the book is All It Takes is a Goal. And what I mean by that in part is that when you have a desire, if you want to achieve it, all it takes is a goal. Let's turn that into a goal. So for instance, I want to be a better friend. I decided like I felt isolated. I was kind of like getting, I work alone. Like I was like, man, I want to be a better friend. That's fuzzy. I can't do anything with that, but it's a desire. So I'm like, how can I turn it into a goal? So I decide, okay, I'm going to text one person every day for a month and encourage them. Like just out of the blue. So I I didn't hope I'd do it. I made a list because I knew on day seven, if I showed up to a blank, I'd be like, who do I know? So I made a list, didn't take long. And then I would text them and I would, and it's not like I wrote a letter. I didn't make it difficult. That's the other thing. Like every woman on here, don't make hard things more difficult. Like if it's already challenging (laughs) to build a business, don't make it more difficult. Like make it easy. So I made it easy. Text message. And I would text friends and I'd go, Hey, Jeremy, anytime I think of creativity, you're the name that pops up. I'm, it's so fun to watch you create art. And there wasn't a single person that wrote me back and said, you don't know how much this was the worst day to send me that. I'm so mad I got this today. Yeah. 90% of them said the opposite. They said, you don't know how much I needed that today. Yes. And so then I was like, I want to be a better dad. Fuzzy. Fuzz- what do you do with that better dad? Yeah. So I was like, what if I took that principle and I just did 30 days in a row with one of my daughters? Like, what if I thought about just spent a couple of minutes, wrote down a list of 30 things. I really like, you're so brave in this situation. Or like, I love your sense of humor or like the yeah. way you approach adults and you know how, like every adult I talk to says, you're such a good conversationalist. And I do that. And then every morning when she gets up for school and I'm there and, and we're having breakfast or whatever, I go, Hey, I just remember it. And again, she might, she'll receive a lot of those. She might do the sleepy teenager thing. Like, I don't want to <laughs> portray that we have this Hallmark Channel family where right. like, and then I whittled her a whistle she could blow on her way to school out of a tree that fell in our front yard. Like, it's not that. There's so much messiness. There's so, we're yeah, like everybody else. But then I've made it a goal. And again, then at the end of the month, I don't have to go, man, I yeah. wonder if, like, I get to go, Yeah. I did the scorecard. Like I did the thing. Like that's where to me, life is really, really fun. That's why I'm obsessed with goals. Cause like you actually get to fulfill all your desires, which is really fun. And it's so tactical and it's not, and it's applicable to every single aspect of your life. Like you just mentioned. And 
you know, I want to talk about the, like the tagline of the podcast or sorry, not of the podcast of the book, but like all yeah. it takes is a goal, the three-step plan to ditch regret that first yeah. facet of it. Mm-hmm. Where does the regret come up for people in this? And like, how do you feel like that holds people back with the goal setting in general? It comes up everywhere because yeah. the crazy thing, like here's something you've seen a hundred times. When you start making progress, your brain goes, Oh, it would have been so much better if we made this like a year ago. Like it'll mm. even in progress, even yeah, as you succeed, so it'll true. come in and go, Oh man, imagine if you had done this. 10 I did years that ago. today, John, but we're doing renovations on our yeah. house. And my husband is at our house doing all of these renovations, like managing the contractors. And I literally said to him this morning, I was like, this would have been so much better if we would have gotten these contractors in yeah. three weeks ago. Yeah. And it's like, but we're making tons of progress. Yeah, but exactly. I literally looked at it and I was like, this is not a great way to start the morning. Yeah. He's not going to be happy about this. No. But I just literally did that in real yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. So we, so regret comes up, I think, in a million different ways. Um, regret that you didn't start sooner. Um, regret at mistakes you made. Um, regret, like... One of my broken soundtracks that kind of regret will kick off is I can't do blank because I didn't learn how to do it when I was young. Mm-hmm. And that's an amazing one because I can't go be re-young. Like, yeah. so what it's saying is if my dad had taught me, if my mom had taught me, if I'd gone to the right college, if I'd whatever, if I'd gone and gotten my MBA, then I could really be a businesswoman. But that's regret. And that doesn't serve me. It's not mm-hmm. productive. So I would never say like, you shouldn't feel regret. I, I love to think about feelings this way. Like fear is a feeling. Staying afraid is a choice. I feel fear all the time. Like I feel like I don't like when people are like, you should be fearless. I think that's impossible. I think yeah. it means you're stuck. Every time I do something new, there's new fear and there should be. Like I've never done it. Like there's right. fear. But staying afraid, being afraid, like I have an option there. Like, and again, it takes a lot of work sometimes. Mm. Like sometimes I can like brush it off quickly. Sometimes like there's bitterness that takes me years to kind of work through and process. So I don't, yeah. you know, we always see the after and I don't want to hide the during. Yeah. And there's a lot of during for me. Like there's a lot of things that I'm like, yeah, this one's still like, oh, I thought this one was done. Bumped yeah. into that person. Not done. Still like <laughs> the regret popped right up, you know, like. So I just think that you treat it like anything else and you work on it. You treat it like anything else Mm -hmm. and you don't shame yourself for it. You treat it like anything else and you say, well, what's the result of it? Like I said in this today, did it help me move forward? And if, and and then like a really powerful, scary question to ask yourself is what am I getting out of this? Like, Mm. what am I getting out of this? Because there's people like, we don't ask that question. And like, there's times where you're like, oh, what am I getting out of this bad relationship? Oh, I don't have to grow either. Cause yeah. I got such a low bar that I don't have to, I don't like, I get to be slightly better than this loser. And I yeah. feel, I don't, I don't have to change. I'm getting something out of this. Like, that's wow. So, <laughs> I just asked myself that question with the renovation. I'm probably gonna have to call my husband after this because I literally just asked myself that question where I was like, what was I getting out of making it seem like it was his fault in a way that these mm-hmm. contractors weren't there earlier? What was, I was like, oh, I'm getting out of this. Like, well, you know, puff up my chest. Well, if yeah. I was managing the contractors, which no way in hell I was going to do, but if yeah. I was managing the contractors, it wouldn't have gone this way. We well, see, I think though that we done. don't have the language. We don't, and I don't, I, we don't know each other super well, but most of yeah. us don't have the language to say, I'm sad that this is taking so long. I'm right. scared that this is taking so long. I'm right. angry that this is taking so long. So we say yeah. something that sounds like, well, it would have been better, like versus going like, yeah. I, you know, again, like freshman year of college, I didn't have the language to say, I'm scared to be on this campus. I grew up in Massachusetts. The culture is very different there. Yeah. I don't have any friends. 
and I don't know how to make friends. Like that would have been scary. So instead I was sarcastic. I was like, I used like a bunch of different shields that didn't ultimately serve me. Like they offered some false protection, but not, but not any sort of like real healing or help. So I think that's part of it is going, what am I getting out of this? Is it what I want? Like, am I getting the results I want? Like, and if like, that's what I always say to people that are like, oh, this is common sense. Like anytime somebody goes, oh, that book is common sense or that financial tip is common sense. I always go, well, are you doing it right now? Yeah, is it common like, are practice? You, are you a multimillionaire who has a six pack? Like, are you like, is that your life? And if you're not, then it's extraordinary sense. It's yeah. wild. Cause so like, I think, I think that's part of it too, is going, what are you getting out of it? Are yeah. you happy with the results? And if you're not, let's figure out how to, you know, how to deal with that. I like that little trifecta too of like, is it, is it true? Is it kind? Is it helpful? Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's such a good way that like, we can go back to that to ourselves of like, okay, like, am I, you know, like instead of beating ourselves up about it too, it's like, okay, I acknowledge this could have been handled differently. What can I put in place to handle this? Here's a phrase for regret for every listener. Yeah. Never hold a grudge against yourself. Mm. Never hold a grudge against yourself. Like, we never use those words. Like if you yeah. thought, like if somebody said like, why are you so mad? Got a real grudge against somebody. And they're like, who are you so mad at? Me. Like I made a yeah. mistake five years ago. I'm so mad. Like don't hold a grudge against yourself. Yeah. It's not helpful. You're one person. Like yeah. that's a really, that's a real, like imagine if you spent all day with somebody who is holding a grudge against you, you'd be like, I got to get, like yeah. if you work at a company where somebody doesn't like your next cubicle, that company is miserable for you. Like, so imagine, but you get to go home and then you get to kind of like decompress from that person. Imagine if you hold a grudge against you and you spend all day with you because that's what happens. So if you think about regret that way, you go, man, I gotta, I gotta let that go. Like I, so so here's another thing that I think about is like, how fast can you forgive yourself? Like how fast Mm -hmm. can you forgive yourself? So like I made two mistakes just last week had to apologize to two different people and they were both like super kind about it. It wasn't anything major, but it was a a moment where I could have sat on that and gone, I could have made it part of my identity. I always do this. This is my character. This is versus Mm -hmm. going, no, I made a mistake. I apologized. I'm proud of myself for apologizing. Yeah, I owned it and I forgive myself. So how fast can you forgive yourself? Like, it's not that I ignored it. Like I took ownership of it, but like, I don't know. It's all of this is so fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Explain to us real quick. I have two last questions for you. One is like, who tell us about the book? Why should people get it? But also in particular, like where would someone be at right now in their life that this book is the book for them? Anyone who feels like they're capable of more. And I think everyone is Yeah. like it's for the 96% of people who said I'm not living up to my full potential. Mm -hmm. And then they want a plan. Like then they want steps. I write books thinking, what can you do with this on a Tuesday? What yeah. can I do with this on a Tuesday? So the books, you know, sometimes people say, oh, they're so practical. And I go, yeah, I don't take that as a like, that's a great thing. Because then yeah. I know a stay-at-home mom, a single mom, a busy working mom, whatever can go, now here's the thing I can do. Like, so that's that's what I'd, the first thing I'd say. The second thing that's really fun is that there's 40 other real stories of real people who have done this in the book. Yeah. So you don't, it's not connect with my story. It's connect with Susan Robertson who got her degree in the car rider pickup line at her kid's school, yeah. like bit by bit, 20 minute chunk at a time. Like there's so many real stories. By the time the books come out, I've already taught it to thousands of real people and they've shaped the idea. So I don't have mm-hmm. to hope that it'll help you. I know it'll help you. I can't wait to see what you do with it. 
Yeah. So good. Because there are so many people that are telling themselves, like, if I just knew the how, and it's like, okay, well, immerse yourself in other people's stories. Cause when you can find yourself, and that's one of the things I love yeah. about you on podcasts, why I always am like, yes, John, come on the show literally anytime you want. Cause you just, you weave in stories constantly and that's how people remember stuff, but that's also how they resonate with it. Yeah. So it's one thing to open up a book that feels like a textbook. That's like step one, do this X, Y, Z, but the way that you're weaving in other people that it's like, okay, I wanted to create this story that I couldn't do it because I don't relate to John yeah. or Keisha mm-hmm. or whatever, but it's like, oh, but I do relate to Susan or, mm-hmm. you know, Sharon did X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I just think that's so helpful. So one question that a lot of women in my community, this is completely un- unrelated to your book. So mm-hmm. obviously everybody go grab the book. All it takes is a goal. We'll plug all the things. And if people want to take this episode on social media, we'll give away some copies of the book. Like oh, we'll, awesome, we'll do all awesome. hype. I yeah, love, yeah, yeah, I just yeah, like yeah, love yeah. Hype, supporting Hype is gone. Hype, bring your own hype or just B-Y-O-H. like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but the other thing I want to ask is there are women that struggle with this idea of wanting to chase their dreams and feeling like they're not showing up as parents, right? Too mm-hmm. of like, how do I do both? And I'd love if you could just speak to at the fact, like at the time that we're recording this, your oldest daughter is like going into her senior year of high school. And yep. like, how do you think you chasing your dreams, writing these books, speaking on stages, like doing something that you're passionate about? Like, how do you feel like that's impacted what your kids have seen yeah, and like so what they think of what's possible for them. I'll tell you a story. This, this is my wife speaking truth to me. Um, yeah. So when I first started business traveling, I felt tremendous shame. Like, cause yeah. I went from zero days. I worked at a corporation to having my own company. Now I'm traveling like 80, hundred days a year. Felt yeah. tremendous shame. I would do these long goodbyes to my kids. They were like, I don't know, like four and six. And I'd be like, I'm leaving. I don't know. Like I'll be home in two sleeps. Like, and kids have no concept of time. So that means right. nothing to them. And yeah. I'm like, please light a candle in the window. Like, oh, like <laughs> I'm really amping it up. Finally, my wife pulls me aside and says, hey, they don't know to feel sad. You're teaching them sadness. Because the way mirror neurons work in the brain, they're going to mirror what you do. And they don't even know to feel sad. You're teaching them to be sad. You're teaching them to feel bad about this because you feel guilty. So you're asking yeah. them to hold your guilt. And then you leave and stir them up and get them all sad. And then you leave. That's not helpful. She said, we're proud of you for doing your job. We're excited you're doing your job. We see it as a good thing. So like, go do your work. And so like that changed my perspective. Then I just like my soundtrack became, I don't have room for shame in my suitcase. So like every woman that's traveling, like just say like, it's full. Like I I don't have room for shame in my suitcase. Mm -hmm. Second thing, we connected it to good stuff we did. So when we were at Disney World, we would make a point of going, Remember that weekend dad was in Oklahoma and da, 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 like that we get to do this because of that. So yep. we paint like the problem is if you demonize work for 18 years, don't act surprised your kid doesn't want to get a job when they graduate from high school or college. Preach, you spent 18 years saying work is evil. I hate it. I'm sorry. And then, and then like, so you have to know they're watching you do what you do. And then the other thing is practice apologizing to your kids when you need to. Like, that's mm-hmm. a great thing. Like if it's really something. Um, and then the other thing is if you have a healthy spouse, ask them because a healthy, loving spouse would go, no, we're so excited. Yeah. Like, sometimes we hear things our spouses aren't saying. A friend of mine calls it lying for somebody else. He yeah. said, he said, he's had to say to his wife before, I'm sorry, I lied for you all day and told myself a thing you hadn't said. I was wow. lying for you. And so that's the other thing is like, okay, and then again, know that it goes in seasons. My challenge is when like a 21-year-old influencer with no kids is like, here's how like, here's how you should do things. And then you're a mom with completely different set of yes. scenarios and you feel like an instant failure. Yeah. Or you you have a different, you know, I this is classic internet. The other day, 
I posted some parenting advice and a single mom of three responded. And then a 29 year old with no kids corrected her. And I was like, this is the internet. Like you don't even have kids, dude. Like she's a single mom superstar of three. So I'm also like, okay, I try not to let those people influence what I'm doing. Um, and you know, there's gonna, there's gonna be some, some mom guilt, like that'll pop up, but like have a plan for it. Like talk to a healthy spouse. Um, no, like, and also, no, there's not, there's no such thing as enough time with your kids. So that's a mm-hmm. fake goal. You'll never go. My, I, I feel like we did. I have a daughter who's a, a rising sophomore in college. When we dropped her off, I felt like we had done the best we could do, but I didn't feel like I had enough time. I didn't yeah. drive home and go, yeah, we, we got enough. I did enough <laughs> just right. You won't, there's a sadness there. There's a mm-hmm. genuine sorrow you can feel and process. That's not a bad thing. But if I held myself to enough as like a a level I can hit, I'd feel like a failure as a parent every day. John, I absolutely love having you on the show. I love that you write so many books. I love that you put yourself out there. Like you are just such a gift. So thank you so much for people that want to connect with you Mm -hmm. on social and like your podcast and all the things. Can you give us a rundown? JohnAcuff.com, J-O-N-A-C-U-F-F.com. Um, the new book's available everywhere. I read the audiobook and there's 10 bonus stories Thank in it. Thank God you always read your yeah. audiobooks yeah. too. I hate, yeah. I, I don't like to say hate, but I hate when other authors read it because like I want to hear like your yeah. charisma and your excitement. If for there's it, some you know? British dude you brought in as a ringer, <laughs> like because like, he sounds like, smart. I heard him on Kajra's podcast and he did not sound like yeah, that. Exactly, that was British. Exactly. <laughs> like I, so I read my audiobooks. Um, and then uh, my podcast is called All It Takes a Goal, social, I'm John Acuff. And then I wrote a version of Soundtracks, the book about mindset with my, t- my two teenage daughters called Your New Playlist. So Amazing. when Soundtracks came out, so many moms and dads said, hey, do you have a version for teenagers? My teen's been struggling, especially after COVID and the pandemic. Yeah. And so my two teenage daughters wrote a book uh, that teaches teenagers how to change their mindset. And I think... So my good. goal is it'll be like, it's, it's getting taught in schools right now. Um, and my hope is we'll teach mindset to kids. Like we teach finances to them now, like 30 years ago, we said, here's a credit card. Good luck. And then we were surprised they made mistakes. Yeah. Now freshmen in high school have personal finances classes. Imagine if we treated the mindset the same way versus trying to repair kids at 38. So good. I love this. Well, thank you so much. John. I yeah. Thanks for having you. me. It was awesome. It was awesome. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend. Like, send it to her right now. Or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.